really excited about bringing you guys a standalone message this morning um, entitled, What Plagues You? What Plagues You? And so the Holy Spirit really has just been stirring this message in me the past three to four weeks. Um, it's just in my daily quiet time. All right, Lord, what do you want to speak on? What What is a word you want to bring to your people um, this morning? And so the title that he gave me was What Plagues You? And our foundation scriptures are really long. We're not going to read all of them because there are a lot. Um, but we're going to pick up and um, recap through some of them. But all of our scriptures that um, this message has come from is Exodus 4 all the way to chapter 12, verse 51. And so, like I said, we're not going to read all that because it'll take 30 minutes, and that's all my time. Um, so I'm just going to kind of recap for you just a little bit. And so when we pick up in Exodus 4, this is where Moses um, sees the burning bush. God calls Moses, Moses unto himself and starts to um, proclaim to him what he wants to use him for, which is to set the Israelites, set the Hebrews free. So God calls Moses to the burning bush, back to Egypt to be a voice, to set the people free. And if you keep reading, when God tells Moses this, he's, he's like, God, I can't. Like, I have an issue. I have a defect. Did any of y'all know what his defect was? He, was? he kept saying, I'm clumsy with my words. I'm clumsy with my words. I have a, a speech impediment is what I would interpret. Clumsy with words. I have a speech impediment. I have something that I'm not a good speaker. You can't use me, God. You can't use me to send me to Pharaoh to be a voice for the Israelites. I am not good with my words, Lord. Um, and so the Holy Spirit just checked me and said, Jessica, how many times do we, like Moses, question God about our ability to walk in his promises for our life? How many times does God say, hey, I've called you to preach, I've called you to teach, I've called you to teach children's classes or celebrate recovery, I've called you, called you to lead worship, I've called you to be an usher, I've called you to whatever it is, and we're like, God, but this defect, this insecurity in my life is gonna, I can't because of this inside of me. And um, Moses had to overcome his defect and to be truly used by God. And so he had to, man, he kept on. Y'all was reading this. I was like, God, I do this so much to you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like I can relate to him. He had insecurities. He had a defect. He had something that he felt like disqualified him from the promise and the plan that God had for his life. And so we have got to overcome the defects and in our insecurities to fully walk in the promise that God has for us. And so the first point I want you to know is you are more than your defect. You are more than your insecurity. You are more than your defect. God can use our defects to set people free if we will just step out in faith and trust him. And so Moses, even though he kept giving God excuses and kept giving God excuses of why he couldn't go back to Egypt and be a voice um, for the Israelites, you know what God did? He said, you know what, Moses, I still want to use you even with your def defect. I still want to use you even with your insecurity. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you a helper named Aaron. And he's going he's gonna to be a voice with you as you go into Egypt and you um, go up to Pharaoh and you start proclaiming, set my people free. Um, and so God will meet you in your defect and he will send people along your way to help you walk in the gifts and the callings and the promises that God has for your life, regardless of your defect or your insecurity. So the next, I just wanted to, you are more than your defect, okay? 
You're more than your insecurity. God can use you even with your insecurity, even with your defect, even with, like, even with the things that you feel like disqualify you from the promises and the plans that God has for you. The second point we're going to talk about, which is one of my favorites, um, what is the plague that stands between you and God's promises for you? What is the plague that stands between you and God's promises for you? Um, and so I was, as I was reading and just asking the Holy Spirit, all right, Lord, like, um, if you keep reading in Exodus from Exodus 7 to Exodus 12, 42, um, is all the plagues that the, the Egyptians faced, that all the plagues that the Lord um, poured out on the Egyptians because Pharaoh wouldn't let Israel go. They would, he wouldn't let the Hebrews go. Um, and so I was praying. I was like, all right, Holy Spirit, like, how do these Old Testament plagues play into our modern-day Christianity our modern-day world, and I feel like he gave me, I know he gave me um, modern-day plagues that we face right now. Um, And so I'm just going to read you the ten plagues that the Israelites faced, that the Egyptians faced. Um, And like I said, I want you guys to go through and read this. It is a ton of scripture, and it is so, so good. But I'm just going to read you the plagues. And so the first plague was the plague of blood. And so what the plague of blood was, Moses, God told Moses to go raise his staff and put it in the um, river, and it turned the whole river into blood. But not only did it turn the river into blood, it turned every well, every place in Egypt that had water into blood. So there was no water for anyone to drink anywhere in any homes. Every piece of water was turned into blood. And so I felt like the Holy Spirit said, Jessica, you know what that represents now in our modern day? Spiritually dry and thirsty Christians. Spiritually dry and thirsty Christians. We don't know where to go to get fed, to get get water. You know where that is? That's the Word of God. So our modern day plague of the plague of blood is spiritually dry and thirsty people. The world is full of thirsty people and they're looking in all the wrong places to to quench that thirst that they have, that spiritually dry thing, that the void that they're trying to fill. They're just spiritually dry and thirsty. The second plague was the plague of frogs. How many of y'all like frogs? Not me. Um, And I was like, Lord, how are you going to turn this one into something that we deal with today? And he said, Jessica, how many times have you been around a frog and they're just annoying, right? They just, they're gross and they just kind of freak you out a little bit and they hop everywhere and they're kind of in your face and, you know, they're just gross. And so um, when God sent the plague of frogs on the Egyptians, these frogs were everywhere. They were in their beds. They were in, the, in everything, in their clothes, jumping on, like, all over them. They would not leave. And the Holy Spirit said That's, that plague is represented in our modern day as annoyance. People are just annoyed with people. They're always annoyed. There's, it's just annoyance. We're annoyed with our family. We're annoyed with our friends. We're annoyed with our jobs. We're just annoyed. We're annoyed all the time. Someone does something Teeny tiny, and we just get uh, irked. Y'all ever done that? Somebody ever irked your nerve? Yeah. We get annoyed. And so the plague of frogs represents annoyance now for us. 
And then you have the third one, which is the plague of gnats. And so when the Lord sent the plague of gnats, um, the gnats literally covered the Egyptians from head to toe. Covered all their animals, all the flocks, everything that lived, everything that wasn't alive, all the plant literally covered everything. Um, And if you actually look into gnats, some gnats actually bite. Y'all ever been bit by a gnat? I have. It hurts. Um, And so the Holy Spirit said, Jessica, the form of gnats, um, what they represent now is addiction. So addiction comes into your life, and it bites you and it hurts. Right? It can be any addiction. Pornography, drugs, alcohol, relationships, television, food, the gym. It can be anything. What they do is they come in and they start biting at you, and eventually you're covered. You're in pain. You're causing pain to the people around you. You're causing pain to your kids. And, and literally, they come in and they just literally start to eat away at who you are. And so addiction is what the gnats represent. Any kind of addiction. Doesn't have to be drugs. Doesn't have to be alcohol. It is anything that we get addicted to that takes the place of Jesus in our life. The fourth plague is the plague of flies. And I really hate flies. Um, So when the Lord sent the plague of flies, they literally covered everything and everyone, so they just didn't bite them. But they're everywhere. How many of y'all have, like, been sitting at your kitchen table and had a fly squirming around you? And you hit it, right? It comes back. It doesn't go away. It never leaves, ever. They're so annoying. But the Holy Spirit said the plague of flies represents stubbornness in our culture today. Stubbornness. And it... I don't know about y'all, but that was the area that I really did struggle with and still have to fight through today is being stubborn. When someone comes to me and is like, hey, this or this or this, or trying to lovingly correct me, I'm like, mm, no, boo-boo, uh-uh, you know? And, and I, I hit them away, right? I hit their correction away. I say, mm, I don't need that. I don't want that. That don't, that don't, that don't flow with my spirit, you know? And what happens, they leave me alone for a minute, the Holy Spirit deals with me, and they come back and repeat that word, or he brings that word back to my remembrance, and I'm like, wow, they were on point. Um, Forgive me, Lord, for being stubborn. We got some stubbornness in our world today. People are just stubborn. My way or the highway, you don't get with it, you getting out. And that's everywhere. In our workplaces, people are stubborn. They don't want to receive correction. They don't want help. They want to do it my way or the highway. And so those pesky old flies that we're trying to hit away represent stubbornness. The fifth one is the plague against the livestock. And so this plague literally killed all the Egyptians' livestock. Cows, chickens, everything that they used to provide food for their families, that they used to trade, to make money, or to literally just to provide for their kids and their servants and food. Every living creature that provided them with food died. Dead. And the Holy Spirit said, Jessica, this plague represents the loss of jobs. The loss of jobs. That's how we, what, provide for our families? Food, 
water and clothes and and we go to work and we we trade our skills for a paycheck right we trade our gifts for a paycheck and holy spirit said people don't know how to keep jobs because of all these other things above stubbornness annoyance i mean we're spiritually dry and we're thirsty we're addicted People don't know how to keep jobs. Or you've been let go of a job. And the enemy's come to steal the way that you provide for your family. I'm on five. I'm like, I'm losing my train of thought right here. Okay, um, so the plague, number five, is the plague of boils. This one was probably... <laughs> sounds really bad, but it was probably my favorite one, just the revelation that the Lord gave me um, in this one. You're reading this plague. The Lord tells Moses, um, he's in front of Pharaoh. Again, he's telling Pharaoh, let the people of Israel go. Let them go and worship God in the wilderness. Um, and he's like, no. So, the, so God tells him, he's like, all right, Moses, pick up dust and throw it in the air. And literally as he threw and this dust was dispersed, everyone broke out in boils all over their body, their faces, their feet, their hands, their armpits, their, I mean, they're I mean, everywhere. Like, not just little, big boils, massive boils. And the Holy Spirit said, Jessica, the plague of boils represents um, sickness and disease. How many of y'all been hearing about the coronavirus? How's it spread? It spreads through the air. It's dispersed through the air. Just like the plague of boils was dispersed through the air. We've got sickness and disease running rampant in our world because we don't know who God is. We don't know the healer. The next plague is the plague of hail. So when this plague came, um, it literally destroyed houses, cars. People died like big, big things of hell. We've had hell, right? Y'all's cars ever been damaged by hell? Get them little holes in your hood, little dents. These were like big hell. Like this demolished their houses to the ground. Kind of like a tornado for us right now. All the tornadoes that happened in, Louise, or, uh, in Nashville. Houses were destroyed. Everything was destroyed. Some people died. Um, this plague represents divorce and relationships failed. Because we don't know who Jesus is, we're letting all kinds of things tear us apart in our marriages, in our relationships. And that is just hell comes in, physical hell. And destroys our, I mean, there is, there is, I mean, divorce is like the highest, the highest right, even in the church. We're, we're no different than the world's standard and rate of divorce. We're right there with them. The next plague is the plague of locusts. So when this plague came, they literally ate, so now you have to remember, all the livestock is dead, still, they all dead. Okay, so they were forced to eat plants and stuff like that. Okay, when the locusts came, now the locusts have ate all the living plants, anything green. 
everything gone. So now they have no way of eating anything that's edible. And the Holy Spirit said this represents financial lack. And I think it was really funny that the Holy Spirit gave me this one for this because we've been talking about what the last couple of weeks? Tithing and giving and offering, right? And the Holy Spirit says we, our world and Christians today are experiencing, experiencing financial lack because we don't give God back what is His. And we've been learning about that. Pray, I thought that was just like an on-time word. When we give God back what is His, now He can bless the rest of us. But if we don't, we have financial lack. We live, like Pastor Ann said last week, with holes in our pockets. We, don't ever, we can never contain the blessing that the Lord wants to give us because we're not honoring Him with what is His. And we're not giving above our tithe and blessing other people. The next plague is the plague of darkness. When the Lord sent this plague, literally all of Egypt was black. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. That's really dark. So people didn't leave their homes. They literally had to stay. When the darkness fell, they stayed where they were because they couldn't see their hand in front of their face. They couldn't see where they were walking. I mean, they could have walked off a cliff. They could have walked into the river. I mean, they just stayed where they were. And the Holy Spirit said this plague represents loneliness and depression. Oh my God, y'all. The most prescribed medication in our world is antidepressants. You know why? People are lonely. They're disconnected. They're lonely. They're depressed. Because we don't have community. People aren't getting, people aren't getting in churches because they're judgmental and they're critical of each other. That's where they're going to find community is within their church, within their community, in a small group. So the Holy Spirit was just checking me. Like, Jess, you need to, I mean, we have a great church. I hear all the time, y'all are just so friendly, y'all are just so friendly. Just reminded me, remember, that community is the reason why we do this. We want people to feel like they have a family. So they don't feel alone, so they don't feel depressed, so they know that they have somewhere they can come where people really do love them. But that is the highest prescribed medication in America is antidepressants. That's something we're really facing. And suicide ha happens because of loneliness and depression right now. The tenth plague, last one, is the death of the firstborn, which represents for us nowadays loss and death. People don't know how to deal with loss. People don't know how to deal with death. They think that's the end. Praise God, we know that's not the end. That's just the beginning of the rest of our lives in eternity with Jesus if we're saved, right? People don't know how to deal with loss and they don't know how to deal with death because they don't have the hope dealer inside of them, right? We've had two people in our church this weekend pass away. And it's sad and it's hard and it breaks my heart, but you know what? I have hope because I know they both had a relationship with Jesus. I have hope. I know I'm going to see them again one day. But if you don't have that hope inside of you already, you don't know how to deal with loss. And then you run to addiction and relationships and all kinds of things. We are able to overcome our plague. And so, like this says, what is the plague that stands between you and God's promise for you? That could be something I just listed. That could be something I didn't even list. 
What is the plague that stands between you and God's promise for your life? Moses had to overcome his insecurity, his plague, his speech impediment. He had to overcome that. If he never would have overcome his plague, the Israelites might still be in bondage. We wouldn't be here. Or he would have missed his calling. God would have had to find someone else to fill his shoes, but it wouldn't have been as miraculous and as amazing as, as, as it was with Moses because Moses was the one that was called from the beginning. So God's promises. So we're going to read Exodus 6, 1 through 8. I told her this is a lot of information. I was like, Lord Jesus, this is so much. I love it. So the promises of God. So God promised... Promises to deliver um, the Egyptians, and we're going to read it. It says, Then the Lord told Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. When he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let the people go. In fact, he will force them to leave his land. God said to Moses, I am Yahweh the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob, as El Shaddai, God Almighty. But I did not reveal my name Yahweh to them. And I reaffirmed my covenant with them under its terms. I promise to give them the land of the Canaan where they were living as foreigners. You can be sure I have heard the groans of the people of Israel who are now slaves to the Egyptians. And I'm well aware of my covenant with them. Therefore, I say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. I will bring you into the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. So even though we're going to face plagues in our life, the Lord promises to deliver us. He says, I will free you. I will be your Lord. I will redeem you with power. And with great acts, I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. And I will give to you everything that the enemy has stolen. I'll give it back to you as your own possession. And so we have to acknowledge what's the plague that stands between us and God's promises. Because he's already promised to deliver you from it. So are you going to allow it to stand in your way? Are you going to be confident and bold enough to say, hey, this is the plague that I'm facing, but I'm not going to let it steal my calling. I'm not going to let it steal my purpose. I'm not going to let it steal my promise. Because Moses could have done that, but he didn't. He, he recognized his insecurity and said, okay, God, even if you still want to use me with this, with this plague in my life, I'll go. And he went and miracles happened. And the Israelites were set free and it was amazing. The next point we're going to talk about is each plague brings a new level of faith. So in the beginning, when God calls Moses to go back to Egypt and to be a voice, him and Aaron go, and they meet with all the elders and leaders of the Israelites, and they give them the vision that God has given them, the word that God has spoke to them, that we're going to set the Israelites free, we're going to walk out of here wealthy and blessed with all our kids, with all our livestock, with everything. They gave this word to the leaders, and then the leaders and them spread it throughout all of Egypt to all the Israelites, giving them a promise, something to hold on to. So in the beginning, 
Moses and Aaron stopped going to Pharaoh. The, the Israelites begged Moses and Aaron to stop going to Pharaoh because the workload was getting harder and harder. But what they didn't realize is that God was working to free them even through the workload getting more brutal. And so if you read Exodus 5, 6 through 23, I don't got time to read it all, but it is a bunch. Um, Pharaoh sent orders for the Egyptian slave drivers to come in, and he told them, listen, we're not going to provide the Israelites with any more straw, with anything to help them build their bricks to build the city of Egypt. We're going to strip everything that we've been giving them away and make them go out and look for it themselves and also require them to keep making the same amount of bricks they were making before to build Egypt. And it is a lot, a lot of scripture. And so the workload got harder and harder and they were being beaten more than they had ever been beaten before. And they were being killed. I mean, it got brutal. They thought it was brutal before. It got more brutal for them. And they came to Aaron and to Moses and said, Stop going to Pharaoh! Stop! It's become worse. What you're asking him to do, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. So could you please stop? And you know, the Holy Spirit said we can learn something from the Israelites. And how not to respond to the plagues in our life. Moses and Aaron gave them the promise. Gave them the word that the Lord had said over them. And you know, sometimes it's going to get discouraging in your plague. But are you going to beg God to stop? Or are you going to push through the plague and allow him to work through it to free you? Our plagues in our lives are, act, are meant to be seen as faith builders. Like the, each plague brings a new level of faith. Each plague in your life is meant to bring you to a new level of faith. They're meant to be faith builders in God. They're not meant to pull us away. Praise God, Moses and Aaron didn't quit going to Pharaoh because the Israelites got whiny and complainy. Right? Praise God, they kept going and they kept listening to the voice of the Lord. There are going to be people in your life that are going to tell you to quit and going to tell you to stop and going to tell you to walk away because it's too hard. Well, if God really loved you, He wouldn't be allowing you to walk through this. He wouldn't allow this death in your life. He wouldn't allow this addiction. He wouldn't allow this. But your attitude and your response is your choice. And God is trying to use, because of our choices, our choices that we make, we have free will, right? So the choices that we make have repercussions. And so sometimes those repercussions are hard, and they're, they're annoying, and they're hard to overcome. But if we will see them as, as just a stepping stone to get to where God wants us to be, yes, Lord, the decision I made really stunk, and it was really bad, but I'm going to submit to you, and walk through this process of healing, walk through this process of restoration, regardless of what it's going to look like, regardless of what it's going to cost me, so I can get to the promise. Our plagues aren't meant to pull us away from God. They're meant to bring us closer to Him. The harder it gets, the more we should press into who God is and what He has promised us. You have to fight for your promise. 
I know the Holy Spirit gave me this. He said, we have to understand sometimes our situations, our plagues, get harder at the beginning because we are now fighting in the right direction. Our situations and plagues sometimes get harder before they get better because now we're fighting in the right direction. Before, we didn't know where we were fighting. We were kind of, you know, eyes closed and just kind of stabbing wherever we could stab. When the Holy Spirit reveals that a plague is just a faith builder, it is just a new level of faith that He's trying to take you to, now you start fighting in the right direction. Now you know how to pray. Now you know how to war. Now you know how to come to the throne of God and say, God, I see this plague for what it is. It's a faith builder. It's meant to take me to a new level in my faith. And so I'm going to press into you and I'm going to fight in the right direction. When we fight in the right direction, there will always be resistance. Once you recognize that your plague, that your struggle, that your situation, your insecurity is just to take you to a new level of faith, new confidence in who Jesus is, the enemy ain't going to stop. Just because you recognize that, that he's not going to step out of the way for you to walk into your promise, right? No. He's going to throw more at you than you ever thought you could handle. But if we will keep this at the forefront of our mind, my plague, my struggle, my insecurity is literally meant to take me to a new level of faith. So I'm not relying on me. I'm not relying on Jessica. No, I'm relying on the Holy Spirit. I am trusting and holding on to the promise that God's given me, and I'm going to walk in my calling. And I'm going to trust that God's going to bring me to a new level of faith because in His Word, He promises that. So you have to fight for your promise. Just because it starts getting hard doesn't mean God isn't working. Last point. What are you going to do to overcome the plague and move forward into the promise God has for you? So first, we have to recognize that every promise comes with a plague that we'll have to overcome. It's not to harm us, but it is meant to take our faith to a new level. It's meant to build us up so we can properly see all the things God has done for us. So how are we going to overcome our plagues? We're going to recognize that they're meant to take us to a new level. They are faith builders. They are meant to take us to a new level in our faith. So, you know, when we get to it, so right here, I'm going to show you. Right here, I can see pretty good, right? When I get to a new level, I can see a little higher. When I get to a new level, I can see a little, little more. Does that make sense? Like you're climbing a mountain and every time you look down, it's like, oh, there's a little more. There's a little more I didn't see. I didn't see that far. The higher we get in our faith, the more that we're going to be able to turn around and look back and see all that God has done, all the levels and the demons that we have conquered for him, all the things that he's brought us out of. So we're going to overcome by recognizing the plague for what it is. Our struggles, our situations, our insecurities, they're meant to take us to a new level. And we're going to move forward into the promise that God has for us. The more we recognize and acknowledge the plague for what it is, the easier it is for us to face them each time, knowing that the promise of God will win in the end and God will get all the glory. Like I said, every time you get to a new level in your faith, you can look back. 
and see, wow, God, I started way down here. And because I kept pushing forward, because I kept moving forward to the promise that you have for me, now I'm up here and I'm not even done yet. You're not done with me at this level, but you want to take me to new levels, new levels, new levels. And each time we recognize that we can face any plague that the enemy throws our way, any bad decision that we make and we recognize and say, okay, God, please forgive me. Help me to to walk through this and make the right decisions. He's building our faith. He's taking us to a new level. But we have to choose to see the plague for what it is. It's not just something, it's God didn't make it happen. Most of the time we inflict bad things on ourselves by the choices that we make. And sometimes situations just happen that we, we had no control over. But if we'll just recognize every struggle, every situation, every plague in our life can bring us to a new level if we will look at it that way. We will say, okay, God, regardless of what the situation looks like, I'm going to go to a new level through this. When I get out on the other side of this plague, I'm going to be higher than I've ever been before. And when I face the next one, I'm going to say, bring it on, devil, because I, I know how to walk through this. Right, because I've got God on my side and I've got his promise that he's promised me. And if you don't have a promise for your life, you don't know what your calling is, you don't know um, what your purpose is, ask him. Man, get in your word. He will reveal it to you. And then that's the word that you need to hold on to. God, I know for me, God, I know you've called me to be a pastor and we're gonna pastor a church. That's my calling. That's my anointing. I know that's where you're taking me. Did it look like that as I was growing up and and making bad decisions? Were my decisions reflecting that promise? No, not all the time. Was it super easy to get here? No, 100% no, it wasn't super easy to get here. But I know in my spirit that the Lord gave me that word. And I, I knew in my heart that was the promise he had for me. And if I would have let that go, I would still be living in my chaos. And I wouldn't be right here, right now, which is so crazy to think. And I can look back knowing that I'm on the highest mountain that I've ever been on in my life. And I can look back and not say, oh, Jessica did that. Oh, God did that. God did that. And we're not done yet. I'm like, Lord, I'm good right here. But I don't want to stay here. You shouldn't want to stay where you are. You've got to move forward. Exodus 3, 8 says, God will deliver you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Exodus 12, 31 through 36. Now God promised to deliver the Egyptians, right? So now we're reading, we're going to read right now that this promise was fulfilled. So it says, Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron during the night. Get out, he ordered Leave my people and take the rest of the Israelites with you. Go and worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds as you said and be gone. Go, but bless me as you leave. All the Egyptians urged the people of Israel to get out and to leave the land as quickly as possible. For they thought we will die. And I'm thinking, they're thinking we're going to die if they stay here. And they probably would have. They wouldn't have let them go. They wrapped their kneading boards in their cloaks and carried them on their shoulders. All the people of Israel did as Moses had instructed. They asked the Egyptians for clothing, articles of silver and gold. The Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites, and they gave the Israelites whatever they asked for. 
So they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. They stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. When you overcome a plague and you start pushing through and pursuing the promise, he's going to bless you. He sent the Israelites out of Egypt with all of the Egyptians' wealth. All of it. All their silver, all their gold, their clothes, their I mean, everything that they wanted and they asked for, they gave them. That's what happens when we choose to say, okay, God, I'm going to overcome my plague. How am I going to do that? I'm going to recognize my plague for what it is, and I'm going to walk through it, knowing that at the end of this, God, you're going to bless me. Whether that's relationally, mentally, physically, um, financially, any, any way, Lord God, that I know that there's going to be a blessing. God's promises always win. Always. Always. If we hold on to his promise and his call for our life, we're going to see it fulfilled. Will we have to walk through some plagues? Yes. But through each plague, there's going to be a blessing. You're going to walk away with more than you walked in to that plague with. That's the promise of God. The Israelites literally went, watched all of these plagues happen. They weren't harmed during any of them. When you go and read the rest of the scripture, the Israelites were spared from every single plague. Every plague. Because God had called them. They were his people, right? And even though they whined and complained, he protected them. And he brought them out and gave them something better than when they went into... They went into Egypt as slaves. They walked out rich, wealthy, taken care of provided for. That's what God wants to do for us. That's what God wants to do for us if we will just allow our plagues to be faith builders and to walk through them knowing that there's a promise on the other side of this plague that I've never experienced before. And that's what I'm going to hold on to. That's what I'm going to let me, let push me into the calling and the purpose and the plan that God has for my life. So we're going to pray. God always wins. His promises always win. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for today, God. I pray, God, that the the word that you gave me, God, for us today, God, that we can face our plagues, our situations, our struggles, God, and that we can move through them, God, knowing that you have got better on the other end. God, we can move through them knowing that they are just meant to build our faith. They are meant to take us to a new level. Holy Spirit, I pray, God, that um, your word was spoken, that it it wasn't me, God, but it's all you. God, and that each person grabbed hold of something today that ministered to them, that spoke to them, that stuck out to them. God, I thank you that this word is going to take fertile ground in our hearts. God, and that we are going to walk through every single day facing whatever the enemy throws at us. God, facing it head on, face first, knowing that you have got our back, God, and you've got more for us than what we're facing right now on the other end. And I thank you that your promises are true, God, and they always win. God, you always win. God, that we don't have to worry about the battle being won or the outcome of our situations or our struggles. 
God, because if we have you in our heart, God, we know that you always have the final say, God. You always win. You never leave us behind. You never forget us, God, but you call us to yourself, God, and you walk with us through life, God, and you bring new and better things into our life, Lord, God, as we hold on to the promise that you've spoken over each of us. So Holy Spirit, I just pray right now over each person, God, that you would speak their purpose, their calling, their anointing, their gifting to them, Lord God, and they would hold on to that promise until they, until they see it to fruition, God, but they wouldn't just stop when they get there, God, but you would take them farther than they ever thought they would go in their relationship with you, God, in their ministries, in their callings, God, in their families, God, that you would just bring them to a new level of faith. Holy Spirit, we love you. God, we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.